Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is in continuation with the previous episode where I was chatting with Kaylin. Enjoy part two of the conversation. So a Lana-style Thai house traditionally would be made of wood, entirely okay. wood. Okay. But And it's usually a raised house. Ah, okay. So it's on stilts? On pillars. On rather, pillars. On pillars, not okay. on stilts. Because okay. we're not on water, so it's just on pillars. Okay. So that downstairs, when it's lifted up, firstly it's cool because of the breeze. Right. But it's also additional living space. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Kind got of. It. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. and then of course the arches and then the the detailing, the right. carvings. Right. 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 So that that's what it um, what Alana, essentially means. A Lana Thai style houses. house okay. means. Okay. Okay. So, so coming back. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. this house that popped up on this property guru Thailand thing. Yeah. Was exactly like this. Hmm. So I just kind of thought, okay, I'm gonna get this house. Right. And then when you open it up, it's in Chiang Mai. Okay. So the next thing is just, you know, in my head that, okay, I'm going to Chiang Mai. I'm right. I'm going to Chiang Mai. I'm going to Chiang Mai. <laughs> and that's what I did. So 2013 was like in July. Mm-hmm. I flew here to see the house. Right. Fell in love with it. Knew right. that this is it's a bit in the Kampong Kampong area. So as Kampong well. for the listeners is village. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Rural. Rural. Not really city or urban. So it's okay. out of the city. Yeah. I don't hear a car when I'm there hardly ever. Wow. That's where I should have been talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you will hear the roosters yeah. and oh, the other okay. animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, so um, that was July and then by I don't know, September, October You were here. Uh, I bought the house. Right. And started coming here more often. Okay. So this was 2013, right? So the right. 2014 period when I started visiting more often. Yeah. Things started to crystallize a little bit clearer. I think there's just, I don't know, maybe God plants little signs along the way yeah. to kind yeah. of give you the direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... One incident that struck me really, really deeply was uh, when I took the kids here for a holiday. Right. So, okay, so I call this house Ban Banana because we planted a lot of different varieties of bananas. Okay. And uh, so it's on 70,000 square feet of land. So it's huge. Wow. Yeah. With a big natural pond and lots of space to run around. Right. Something right. I could never, never dream of in Singapore, Singapore or yeah. anywhere else, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Uh, having said that, brought the kids here and they were still at the age where they're just not hooked to their iPads and all that. Hmm. So they would still hmm. roam a little bit. And then suddenly, <coughs> they were playing along on the grass. Yeah. Tristan's the, my son, my older son, and Trinity, okay. my, my daughter. Okay. So Trinity turns to Tristan and I happen to be sitting there just watching them play, right? Right. Like, hey, Coco, I didn't know grass feels like this. And that was like a rocket in my face. Hmm. 
Because they were playing around barefooted mm. and mm. they hardly do that in Singapore, mm. right? Yeah. We are not the culture where you yeah. play in the gardens, yeah. have a picnic. Yeah. Yeah. And then suddenly just like was a slap in my face. Like, oh, my kids don't know what walking on grass feels like. Right. Staying on that trip as well, you know, because kampong area, yeah. you have insects. Yeah. yeah. My, my son freaks out, like hmm. freaks out. Hmm. Hmm. And it's like, something's wrong. Right? Yeah. So that kind of hit me as well. I'm like, okay, we need to get out of Singapore. So the, the push just became stronger and stronger. Right, right. And then throughout the course, the other big reason of why Pakdang is around today yeah. is that... Which is uh, your, yeah, your the, restaurant. The restaurant yeah, yeah. and the social so enterprise. The social yes, enterprise. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that, uh, you know, with Facebook and social media. Yeah. Of course, I put up some pictures of Ban Banana and all that. And then these kids at the center who are now grown up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, started touching base with me. Like, you know, like, hey, you're in, because we're all in the north, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's meet up, you know. And then I would ask, like, where's A, where's B, where's C, where's D? Yeah. Yeah. And then another shocking truth came back to me. Like, they're all back in the rice fields. Oh. I'm like, hey, 18 years of work because this one yeah. was for a long time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. why? So the girls, when they are back in the villages. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're pregnant and having babies. Right. One after another. Right. So the boys are just plowing the fields. And then I'm like, why? What happened to this whole exercise that, you know, was like so more than 10 years, right? Really close been uplifted. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. see you through education. We thought yeah. you're going to be taken yeah. care of. And then yeah. now you guys are back in the rice fields. Now, the strange thing was uh, at the center, we had some naughty kids as with any group of, of kids, yeah. right? Yeah. So the naughty kids, we actually put them through a trade skill. Okay. Like, Electrical, yeah. plumbing, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing, and yeah. car repair. Yeah. And that group actually turned out fine. Hmm. So, if I could turn back the clock, hmm. then we shouldn't have sent any of them through university. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it wasn't doing them a favor because yeah. that group with a trade skill, they actually turned out better. Because so, they uh, became independent very quickly and they started. They could find yeah, a job. Yeah, find a job. Yeah. It's yeah. a hard skill. A lot of them started having families with kids. They built their own mm. houses. It's like, hey, that, that's, that's the end result that yeah. we want to see. Yeah. So what do we do with this group now? Mm. So that kept niggling as, at me as well. And then I figured, okay, since we got a house now, if I move here, it's the north, it's close to them. Right. If I set up some labor-intensive business, right. we might be able to provide them with employment and also teach them some life skills. Right, right. So... Two things popped up. It was either a factory, some, you know, doing handicraft or yeah, wooden stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or a restaurant. Right. And the restaurant kind of appealed to me a little bit more. Right. Because I can't see myself working in a factory. factory. Yeah. Yep, so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I googled restaurant for sale in Chiang Mai. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three or four places popped up that I kind of liked. I zeroed it down to three. Okay. This time I was still back. I was back in Singapore. It was uh, my son's PSLE year, so I tried to be back there a little bit more. Okay. And then I remembered very distinctly. I flew down on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. in the morning, looked at the three restaurants, stayed one night, and then flew back the next day. Mm. And out of the three, when I walked into Park Bang, right, this was the original name as well. We took oh, okay. over an existing restaurant. Okay, we walked into Park Bang. So if you look at Park Bang now, uh, we only had this this place, right? Like I was, uh, which is by the one which is the, the lower platform to the and here. 
Oh, so okay. Not where the, you were sitting closest to the river didn't exist. Not, okay. That was just garden. On the left here was also just um, garden. Okay. So eventually, year after, so we took the restaurant in May 2015. Okay. So we are four years four class. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, you know, business was good. Uh, slowly, we built a brand. So and then when you took over the restaurant, mm. did you also take over the, the team? Uh, when we took over the restaurant, we took over the team. Yeah. Not the owners, of course. Yeah, the yeah. owners were yeah, selling. No, I mean the, staff. the staff. Four okay, staff. four staff, right. So the chef and... Uh, just one cook. One, one cook. Yeah, okay. one cook, uh, one in the bar, Okay. like drinks guy, yeah, yeah. and then two, two waiters. Okay. That okay. was it. Okay. Yeah, and over the course, we expanded probably to a maximum of 30 odd staff. Okay. And uh, the two other terraces that we extended. Okay. Yes. So, um, so now uh, the four staff that you took over from the previous owner, uh, and now you have 30. So I understand that uh, some of your staff, staff. working here. Um, are people that you've employed from, you know, from from yes. the kids that you knew from yes. the center? Yes. Or, so just tell us some Yeah, some so more we had a, that. a yeah. couple of kids, uh, whoever wants to come from the center. Yeah. But ever since then, we have opened our doors okay. to taking in uh, underprivileged youths in general. Okay. So not just from the from center. From the center, but Extended around. beyond okay. that. Okay. Um, also to students. Okay. Because I found that students have a lot of trouble making ends meet. Right. Firstly, the parents can't support them. Right. Scholarships and bursaries are not something that's common. Very, yeah, yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. So they either end up just not going to school. Yeah. Or if they go to school, they struggle because um, they need to work to finance themselves. Right. But right. then again, nobody wants to hire students. Right. Because they finish school at about five, yeah, right? Yeah. By the time they come to work, it's like, you know, too late for some um, other places. Right. They can't do office jobs, of course. Yeah. And uh, they also like, okay, exams, I need to take a week off, two weeks off. Yeah. A lot of employers yeah. don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So I decided that we would also have this window for students. Okay. Right? Okay. As well as to You're not them. open for lunch, right? No, we're not okay. open for lunch. Yeah, yeah. So that's the second group. And then the third group now would be our at-risk youths. At-risk youths. Yes. Okay. So, like, ex-drug addicts. Right. Some people have done time in prison, you know. Right, right. Uh, so, they come to us with a background. Okay. So, we give them an opportunity. Okay. So that, you know, they at least learn something. Yeah. And either we continue hiring them or somebody else would hire them right. once they have a right skill. Right, right. And also with a job where they have to come and report to work every day. So there's a, a routine and there's something to it look for. It keeps them yeah, on keeps the straight them, path yeah, yeah. rather than looking for something to do that, yeah. you know, may just... Yeah, so um, essentially that's the three groups of people that we hire. Okay. So we do have a turnaround. Some stay for a long time before they leave. Some stay for a short while before. They either find that we are too strict. Yeah. Because of the, the people that we hire, we need to be strict. Hmm. If not, I think everybody would write Amok. Yeah, yeah. Right? 30-odd yeah. people. Yeah. And you let one go, yeah. go yeah. loose. So yeah. some can take it, some can't take it, some yeah. like it, some don't like it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. 
um, like I always explain to people, running a social enterprise is challenging mm. because there's a big conflict between your social objective yeah. of what you're trying to achieve yeah. as well as your profit motive or running it as a business. Right, right. So you'll see, if I put on the business hat and run this purely as a business, yeah. I wouldn't have this crowd here, right? Yeah. In the first place, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I guess, not your objective, right? No, yeah. No, but the thing about running the social bit as well is then you have to... F- Managing your your cash flow and your profits is a very intricate process hmm. because it's not that straightforward anymore. Right. It's right. not black and white because yeah. you have yeah. that, that, that social objective to manage. Yeah. yeah. So far, we've been lucky. So it's been all right. Except for this year, which has been a little bit quieter in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a whole lot of not just Chiang Mai, but a Thailand thing. Okay. I think just less tourists in general. Okay. Our okay. main uh, clientele is tourists. Okay. So we'll see how next year goes, but mm. um, so far so good. Mm. And so you're kind of, uh, have you reached a point in your life where you feel that this is it and I am going to, you know, so you're, you're doing multiple things. One is that, you know, you're, you're giving back, um, Two is that uh, you've you, you've not really been in the food business ever before. Never. <laughs> and so it's a new learning for you, yes. right? Because you have to make sure that, you know, you've got like clientele, that word of mouth, plus people who keep visiting Chiang Mai keep coming back. Um, and the third is, you know, the fact that it gives you some kind of uh, peace uh, in terms of, you know, also your your kids have a have a sense of grounding because you know they also they may be going to an international school and all of that, but when they come back and they come to to the restaurant, they see you know uh, the people working with you um, are people that you're trying you're trying to uplift their lives mm. in a certain way, mm. right? Yes. So um, so do you feel that? you know, you've kind of encompassed it all or is there... I think this journey is going to be lifelong. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payal, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. But the work that I do could change, I would say. So for now, it's this restaurant and with the youths. And our mission is changing lives. Yeah. So even if it's one life... So can you give like one example of some someone's life that you've touched, a youth um, who may have been a drug addict or whatever, and you've seen a sort of a journey in the positive direction or you've seen a success with that youth and then you can kind of tell yourself okay you know I've I've actually changed this life um yes so we had um two boys that came to us they are no longer with us now okay. one's got drafted into the army okay and the other one left us only quite recently. but So they had been with us quite long, maybe three years on. Okay. Uh, but so they came to us, according to them now, okay, I'm not, I'm not very attuned to this, but they were here for the interview high on drugs, apparently. 
Okay. I couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. Okay. Yeah. You might just look tired or like dirty youths. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, did you know? No, they tell me these stories now. But so anyhow, we took them in. Um, one of my main mottos is, I don't ask them too much about their background when they're right. here. Right. Right. I don't, you know, it's very easy to judge somebody. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't ask, you just means I take everybody in as a clean canvas. Right. Right. And then we start painting a new future for, right. for you. Right, right. I think that works for, for me well. Right. It works for others well as well and for themselves, right? right. Nobody's labeling, oh, you come as a drug addict yeah, or you yeah. come as some yeah. convict or whatnot, right? And uh, so they came. They were really, really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them stayed on the right path very, very strongly. Okay. The other one was a bit of a roller coaster. We okay. Had relapses hmm. and it's quite funny but um, this guy that relapses you people just are uh, drug addicts you know they should know better you know hmm. you know drugs are bad for you why do you hmm. still do it until talking to them and having really first hand interaction hmm. with hmm. Hmm. people with you know drug issues right then you realise problems are not so simple you know we're just so quick to judge to say yeah, what's wrong with you guys? You, you know, it's bad. You keep going back to it. You you just have, you know, no strength. Hmm. You know, you just no backbone, that kind of hmm. thing. But after talking to him, when that first incident happened, right, I didn't scold him. I just sat with him. I cried with him, right? Like, why? Why? They're like my sons, you know? So hmm. it's like when they go through this. And then I'm like, why? And then he said, it's just too painful. It's just too painful. And he kept going on. It's just too painful. So slowly, you dig that story hmm. out of him. Hmm. So what happened for him was... Um, they, at that time, probably 18. So, hmm. still really, really young. Yeah, yeah. He came from a family where dad passed AIDS to the mom. Oh, okay? okay. So, mom gave birth to number three right. with AIDS and then left them. Hmm. So, abandoned. So, he has this abandonment issue with hmm. like, why did it, my dad, as, as long as the dad is not dead, the dad should hmm. still come look for him. Hmm. Hmm. So, he has this abandon, abandonment issue. And then, unfortunately... He was number three. He was number two. Two. Okay. So, he didn't have AIDS. No, he didn't no. have AIDS. Okay. So, number three had AIDS. Yeah. And number one was stricken with cancer. Oh, my God. And died in his arms. Oh, my God. So, he has this constant fear now. Yeah. When number three is going to die in his arms. Yeah. It's, it's trauma, I suppose, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. he has this... So, he, goes tell, he tells me every morning when I wake up, the first thing that hits me is, when's number three going to die? Because she's on pills, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, and it suddenly hurt me. I'm like, at 40-ish, I don't even know how to deal with this pain. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine, right, if it's like just one kid and the other kid, it's the same pain, right? Yeah. How, how am I going to deal with everybody? When, you know, why well, I can't afford to buy the drugs anymore, yeah. she's going to go and she's weak. If she yeah. falls ill, is yeah. this yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why he says he turns to drugs. At least for that couple of hours, he doesn't feel pain. Hmm. So it's just, you know, trying to get him through. So basically, he's gone to the army, relapsed one more time since then. Okay. Um, but now in the army, I think that's easy for him yeah. to keep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Then the other one who was really, really strong, he was good all the way until he experienced a painful breakup. Oh, so young, young love. Yeah, young and, love. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and it was just tough for him. Hmm. And I suppose when tough you go out drinking with your friends and your friends should just you know offer you something yeah slipped hmm. yeah, that's when but this. is he back on track now so or? he is um, so what happened was I didn't want to let him go yeah but yeah. 
he crossed the line. Hmm. He brought the drugs in here. Oh my god. And tried to ask the rest hmm. if they wanted to join him, right? Hmm. And I have to protect the yeah. brood here. So yeah. it was a yeah. painful call, hmm. but we had to ask him to go. Hmm. He knew it. Yeah. Because he, he said, I know, I have to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to go, but you have to go. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. so it's yeah. one of those decisions you have to make. But mm. yeah, so that's that's it. Mm. But uh, students-wise, it's always easy because they don't have issues. Yeah. So as long as we keep keep them, you know, with uh, help them through financially, yeah. Yeah. they're usually all right. So yeah. we have seen many graduates here from, mm. so they come to us in year one university. Mm. By the time they're done in year four, you know, mm. that sort of thing, year three, year four, and then they move on yeah. with their respective jobs. So that, yeah. that, that's easy to manage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so mm, That's mm. In, in, interesting. I yes. mean, it's, it's been a very, you know, long journey for you. It is. But I, I think, you know, you're on the right path and, um, you know, I find Chen, although some, my, my driver was saying that I think she said there are two months um, in the year when there's farmers, there's a lot of hay. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And, but other than that, I think, you know, it's just such beautiful weather. It's just, um, there's no pollution. You're, it's a very different kind laid of... Back. A, a very laid back and different life. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's, it's great. And, you know, I wish you luck with... Thank you. <laughs> With all that you're you're kind of striving to to achieve, and we'll just continue plodding yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and we will know when the times up or is you know work's not done, and we just yeah. continue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So recently, I it's recently, in uh, November, yeah, so last month, yeah, we were featured on the Michelin Guide Thailand. Yeah. So that that means That's, our food's in the right direction. Yeah. Although no. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's it's north. Uh, northern Thai food, right? As well as uh, the normal Thai food as well. As we well don't as just specialize in um, northern Thai food. So, okay. Okay. Yes, and seafood. Um, uh, yeah, uh, seafood's your main. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Exactly. And um, like we were driving through some, like a night market, and we saw um, it probably is a wholesale market, but the vegetables, the fruit, everything looked so fresh. Um, and so our driver was saying that, you know, restaurants and people go there at night and that's Dubai. where they, they, they source their, their ingredients yes. from and their fruits and vegetables from. So is that what you do as well? Um, we actually, because daily we have to keep buying vegetables, right? Yeah. Keep them yeah. fresh. We don't really keep them for long. Yeah. So we used to have a staff go out to buy our fruit and vegetables from that market that you were talking about because okay. it's not far from here. Yeah, yeah. And they could go out in a, in a, on a motorbike, buy yeah. it back. Yeah. And that was when our volumes were much smaller. Okay. So when our volumes became really big, yeah. you literally need a car. Yeah. But if you remember going through that market, it's very narrow. Yeah, it is. Yes. You're not yes. going to drive a car through there. Yeah, yeah. So you need those scooter sort of thing with that, that side car. Yeah. So we actually pay somebody. So there are people okay. who have these as their jobs. They go to the market to buy on your behalf okay. and then deliver it here. So it's okay. safer for the staff as well. If not, they had to make two trips, three trips. Yeah, to it go was not, yes, back and forth. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And what about your seafood? Our seafood's usually imported. 
okay. because this is the north, so we don't have the sea. Sea, correct. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. we usually import our our seafood. So may our crabs mainly come from either the south of Thailand or okay. Vietnam. Okay. And then our prawns from India or Sri Lanka. Okay. And uh, and how often would you need to do that? Pretty much quite often. So okay. we usually do small quantities, but more often. Yeah. Because we don't keep them because for long. Because it needs to be fresh. Yes, yeah. correct. Especially it has to be with fresh. seafood. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Our crabs are live. I think you saw yeah. the tanks yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yes. Amazing. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so what is your very, very special dish? Here. At the restaurant. At your restaurant. Oh, we're famous for two things. Our yellow curry crab. Okay. As well as the jumbo prawns, which... You guys ate that, yeah. I we think. ate the that. huge yeah, ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are actually huge, uh, or what we call the giant jumbo river prawns. Okay. And these are quite hard to find. Okay. Because they need to be well caught. Okay. If you farm them, they will grow to up to only a small. certain size, yeah. but they remain small. So, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people eat these prawns for what's in the head. Hmm, right, correct. the creamy roll for what's yeah. in the head. So, yeah, yeah. yeah these are the two things that we've been, you know. Known our signature, yes, is exactly, your signature. exactly. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. how do you promote yourself? Now you're in the in the Michelin Guide, but other than that, uh, usually stories on Facebook, our Facebook page, which okay. is Pak Dang, P A A K D A N G. Okay. Uh, we either feature stories on our staff or whatever else right. happens right. here at Pak Dang or within the family. Yeah. Um, we have a website. Okay. And I think. A lot of marketing would be thanks to people like yourself. <laughs> yeah, and who it's come and they write a blog, they yeah. like our story, yeah. we have a little chat, you know, yeah. and then they yeah. they help us spread the word and support our mission. So right. that, that really helps. Okay. Yes. That's good, yeah. And I'm sure it's gonna continue to do really, so. really well. It will. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Pleasure, and, Kyle. Pleasure. Um, yeah, look forward to seeing you again. Yes. <laughs> Come by next time you have, you know, time. Yeah, absolutely. And okay. I don't know. This time I was with a bunch of friends. Next time, who knows? Yes. Just my husband and me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We'll, we'll it's see. a beautiful place. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Thank right. you Thank so you much. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Moving to Chiang Mai was a leap of faith, says Kaylin. It was a lot of fun and absolutely fascinating listening to her share her story with me. She's so open about her life's journey and her calling, which has now become a mission in her and with her to changing lives. You can tell that she was so restless as a banker and wanted to not be in a straitjacket, but give more meaning to her life and to be more grounded. And I like the way she's trying to instill different values in her kids. Her journey is truly inspiring. Pak Dang is her brother and her riverside restaurant with divine northern Thai and normal Thai cuisine. I tried the prawns and the yellow crab curry that she mentions and can totally understand why they are the signature dishes. I'm sure Kaylin will change many lives and I'm quite confident that her kids will continue with her legacy. Check out their website, pakdang.com. And on your trip to Chiang Mai, do go on and have a meal at Pak Dang. Excited to bring you another conversation from a different part of the world. Until then, this is Pyle signing off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.